0: Singe, Sange Zinga. You're listening to Zinga Network at zinganetwork.com. The shortest short story in the world is by Augusto Moroso and goes like this. When he woke up, the dinosaur was still there.
1: The the agreed reality is not reality. There is no reality. There are no real moralities either.
0: Back in November, my friend Magali sent me a message on Facebook asking me if I was going to see the band Psychic TV that night. I told her I didn't know. I had wanted to go when I first saw they were playing in Berlin, but hadn't bought a ticket because I wasn't sure. She said, I'm surprised it's even a question. Now, Magali is about... 10,000 times cooler than I am, so of course it wouldn't be a question for her. But it had been a question for me because to go to a concert, any kind of concert, seemed self-indulgent, a revisiting of old favorite things, a night off and a celebration and a reward that I didn't feel ready for yet. The first time I saw Psychic TV was in 1986. I had seen one rock show before this and, well, I wasn't impressed. Everyone in high school had been going on and on about how amazing it was to be at a rock concert, and I was dying to have this transformative experience through music that all the other teenagers were waxing poetic about. I was so thrilled at my first show, even up in the nosebleed seats, but to be honest, I left feeling like, is that it? Okay, to be honest, it was the Thompson Twins. Not exactly a stadium band, and yet we saw them in a stadium. So wrong-headed, so 80s. But the summer after I graduated high school, a friend told me that Psychic TV were coming to Chicago to play the Metro, a small 21 and over venue downtown. I was willing to give it another try and also willing to try out my freshly forged fake ID So we went. I ran into a friend of my older brother's there, Rand, who, at 21 or 22, already had a distinctive look. Completely bald. Not a skinhead, just bald. He came from a family of gingers, redheads, that showed up in his round, smiling face. And he carried himself with a reserved tension, like he was holding back all his energy, a nuclear fission waiting for the perfect moment to light up the world. We all were at that age. And for me, Psychic TV's performance that night was the spark that transformed me. Welcome to Artipus, art you can hear. Artipus visits the body of work of Genesis Briar Peorge. Magali is a practitioner of Shiatsu, a massage technique that works on the principle that all of our experiences lodge in our bodies. Sometimes they fester and can cause illness, depression, or death. It's similar to Vipassana meditation that says that every reaction we have to stimuli in the world, whether it's attraction or aversion, causes a physical reaction in our bodies that stays with us until we release them through meditation or through massage. People who work so closely with bodies and developing their own mind-body connection have an interesting way of looking at the physical form. Over time, the body becomes less a temple than a tool, and to some, a mere vehicle, a stepping stone to something else. The year before I graduated high school, me and my little group of friends spent about one weekend every month at the Fine Arts Theater in Chicago, watching the Talking Heads concert movie directed by Jonathan Demme. We'd load up into our friend Gary's Buick, breaking out of our suburb and heading for downtown, leaving a trail of pot smoke behind so we could find our way home again. We'd park ourselves in the front row of the theater and simply absorb David Byrne's giant suit, the giant movie, the music, the meaning of Stop Making Sense. Talking Heads was the first art band I ever knew, and it was only later that I began to recognize the relationship between art school dropouts and alternative rock and roll. Joe Stromer, Jarvis Cocker, even David Bowie all went to art school, and all used music as a vehicle for performative art, either alongside their visual practice or in place of it, in the cases where they weren't having any success. It takes a particular combination of a hunger for fame and a desire to create to be a rock star, and what better vehicle to express that than a rock and roll band? But psychic TV is different. First forming the pioneering industrial group Throbbing Gristle, Genesis Peoridge then went on to create Psychic TV, this time pioneering electronic music as an early road marker to rave culture. But Genesis formed these groups specifically to use as a vehicle to reach an audience beyond the elitist art world. The band is merely a tool, a stepping stone to something even bigger. In this case, the Temple of Psychic Youth, a non-cult cult of the occult exploring connections between paganism and art and communication, established systems and their meaning and usefulness, celebrating the divine and the human and the universe, ultimately simply another vehicle to spread Genesis's message. When Genesis created Psychic TV, they were already an established artist, both famous and infamous for their performances and exhibits with the 1970s collective Coombe Transmissions, which was a band, and not a band, that made music and killed music, and mostly subverted the establishment with sarcasm and parody and pointed social commentary. The founder of Coombe Transmissions, performance artist Neil Andrew Megson, legally changed his name in the late 1970s and created the artist Genesis Peoridge. He inserted Genesis into the culture at large. What started as an art experiment quickly took on a life of its own and Genesis soon forgot Neil. As Genesis asks, does that person, Neil, still exist somewhere? Or did Genesis gobble him up? We don't know the answer, but thank you, Neil. There has always been a good dose of prankishness and humor in Peoridge's work, although if you take it literally, it's offensive. It works on both levels. The interventions with Coombe and beyond remind me of the collective Le & Turner, who point out academic and establishment absurdity with the same playfulness. While I was still debating over whether I should see Psychic TV again, I googled the band to find out more concert dates. What came up instead was an interview with Genesis in the New York Times from November 9th, where I learned for the first time that Genesis Breyer-Peorage had been diagnosed with leukemia and was predicting only about two more years of life. This concert in Berlin was most likely going to be their last European appearance, so it shouldn't be a question for me either, right? I bought tickets and told Magali I'd see her at the show. In 1993, Genesis met Jacqueline Breyer, known as Lady J, a dominatrix at a New York sex club, and the two fell in love. Lady J and Genesis were interested in taking William Burroughs' cut-up method, made famous in his book with French artist Brion Gysin, The Third Mind, cutting up sentences and paragraphs to create new meaning, new symbols in language. Genesis and Lady J wanted to take them to the next level, to transform the third mind into the third body. And so they embarked on the Pandrogyny Project, an experiment in body modification, body as art, identity as art, gender and sexuality as art, that included plastic surgeries, implants, gold grills for their teeth, and of course, wardrobe, in an attempt to become identical. Or rather, to create a third body that could only exist when the two of them were together. Not trading body parts so much as sculpting and molding body parts into tributes to each other. In the 1990s, for one brief moment, they actually became each other. And then, Lady J died. Suddenly, without much warning, she collapsed in Genesis's arms. She had been battling stomach cancer, and luckily again, this afforded the pair the stimulus to talk about death. To talk about what to do if one of them survives the other. Genesis continued the Pandrogyny project on their own, adopting plural, gender-neutral pronouns long before people were talking about non-binary genders. They continued with the surgeries and the art, claiming that Genesis represents the pandrogen in this reality, while Lady J represents the pandrogen entity in the liminal world. I arrived at the venue for the Berlin show before Magali did, and stood around watching the crowd. Everyone in black, everyone about my age, everyone dressed and made up and looking like they just stepped out of the 1980s. A lot of Berlin is like that, actually, but it's disarming when it's all in one place. I checked my phone from 2016, and glanced up into the round, smiling, ginger face of a bald young man, holding his body in a suspended tension like nuclear fission. And for a moment, I didn't know the day, or the year, or the city, and was lost in a free-falling space-time between my own past, present, and future, repeating loops. What's fascinating about Peorage's life work is that unlike a transgendered person who uses surgery and hormone therapies to modify their bodies, to represent a different gendered perception of themselves, Peorage's physical transformation was literally an artistic exploration into gender boundaries, sexual identities, societal perceptions, and using the body as a tool of communication, not just representation. So what happens when half of that art project is no longer physically present? Is it a failed project? What happens when, after all the surgeries and the therapies and the money and the sometimes physical pain undergone for this transformation, the promise of merging into a third body, of realizing a new identity, is no longer possible? What happens when your art creations, Genesis Peorage, Briar Peorage, even Psychic TV, consume their creator, in the way Genesis did Neil? What happens when, in the end, you're just stuck with yourself after all. Aging bodies often blur the lines of gender identity anyway. After a time, old men come to look vaguely womanish, old women, vaguely mannish. So the irony for Genesis now is that, at the age of 68, Genesis looks pretty much just like an old woman, which would have happened anyway if they had just waited long enough. Irony is the most human of concepts, and irony plays a very big role in the work of Genesis Peorage as well. Perhaps not always intentionally, but it's there. After Lady J died, the music from Psychic TV stopped for a while. The art, however, continued, and what I missed about the art of Genesis and Psychic TV when I was young and dumb, because, honestly, I just really liked the music, was how noble it all is. That the ultimate message for the art project that is Genesis Peorage, as begun by the English artist Neil Andrew Megson almost 50 years ago, is that we can create what we want out of our lives. We have the freedom and the power and the love if only we're ready to take it. Of course, despite the notoriety, the censorships and bans, the legal prosecution and accusations of public indecency and wrecker of civilization, a lot of what Genesis has been able to do in art, in music, in the body, has only been possible because they began life as a white European male. Living on both sides of that identity boundary gives Genesis a deeper perspective and compassion, but still, it's ironic. At the concert in Berlin, Magali and I stood side by side, moving to the music. Trippy videos were projected behind the band and onto the band, while they jammed song after song. The audience never knowing if Genesis at any point might collapse, or simply be too tired to continue. The drummer three times marching up to the mic and declaring that if he smells any more cigarette smoke, the band goes off stage, fiercely protecting Genesis. The human, who is on oxygen at the moment, and extra flammable. And also, extra mortal. The band climaxed with the song, After You're Dead, she said, that goes like this. You will be what you want to. You can really be you. After you're dead, she said. After you're dead, she said. After you're dead, she said. said. We stood, all of us in that venue, singing the chorus together, oh, 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 for what seemed like an eternity, with Genesis throwing in gentle little quips from time to time, like it's a rather simple chorus if you'd like to join in, and you really should sing along. This may be the last time you get to do this because this mortal coil may not last too much longer, although we shouldn't need a reminder, a newspaper article, a terminal illness, a mass chorus, to cherish each other as long as we're here, and yet we do need those reminders, and Genesis is as good a reminder as any, maybe even better than most. In the New York Times article, Genesis says about dying, I'd like to stay because it's fascinating here. That quote reminded me of the American Senator John McCain, who died earlier this year and who said in his farewell letter, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And it reminded me of my own dad, whose final words to me when we were alone in the hospice room were, I don't want to die. And it made me think that if, at the end of a life, no matter how noble or brave, you will fear and fight death anyway, you will cling to this life, then it doesn't matter what you do, how you live, what legacy you leave behind. What matters is the moment, every moment of your life. Genesis's very existence is a reminder that you can play with your body, your identity, your gender, your mortal coil, your life, that it is so entirely yours to do with as you please, to make something beautiful or bland. It doesn't matter, because at the very end of your life, you're still not gonna wanna die. Which is why what you do with your life, in the meantime, matters so very much. The band came on for two more encores, to the crowd's delight. But finally it was time to say goodnight, and one by one they left the stage, Genesis, as always, leading the way. And again the drummer marched to the front of the stage, in a gesture I completely forgot was a thing bands did back in the 80s. He flung his drumsticks into the crowd, one sailing right over my head, and I could have reached up and snatched it out of the air as if snatching it out of time itself. I didn't, though, and in my mind, it stays there, floating above my head.
1: That's what art is meant to be about, is rescuing people from the fear of death and the fear of life. And that's a very thin line.
0: Genesis Briar Peorage is DJing tonight, December 31st, in Brooklyn, New York, as a symbolic declaration of their intent to be here as long as their body allows. At New Year's Eve at Night of Joy, 667 Lorimer Street in Brooklyn, New York. Berlin-based transgender artist Roy Victoria Heifetz explores the concept of the third body, identity, transgenderism, and regret in her video work and paintings in her exhibition of the same name. It opens on January 3rd at Tel Aviv Artists' House, El Karizi Street 9, Tel Aviv, Israel. Music used in this episode is the original track, Red Gold Circles, from the album Patterns, composed and recorded by the Antler King, and used with permission of the artists. At the start of 2018, I wanted Artipist to explore algorithms and how they affect the analog world, racism, sexism, bigotry, as a form of eugenics. But... Life took over, insisted itself upon the order of formulas and codes and predictive text. Where the perfect digital world only suffers the occasional glitch, analog life is unpredictable and messy and only suffers the occasional moment of perfection. Thank God. But also, God damn it. 2018 has been an intense year. We want to thank all the artists, galleries, curators, and art friends who participated in Artipus this year, and of course the incredible independent musicians who lent us their music. We also want to thank our media partners, Clarify, Gallery, A Plus, Stuzu, and the Dark Rooms, and World Radio Paris, and our podcast friends, the Bear Radio Network, About Face, the Plastosphere Podcast, Dutton Hoodie, and Business or Pleasure and Suitcase Stability. And of course, a very heartfelt thanks to you, our listeners, for sticking with us and supporting us throughout the year. We'll be back to a regular production schedule in 2019. Thanks for helping us get there. Happy New Year. You've been listening to Artipus, produced and edited in Berlin by Susie Kollek, with original theme music by Hotlegs, for the Zynga Network, S-I-N-G-E networkcom